Do you struggle with coming up with content to help market your business? You look at what other people are putting out there and you think, ah, that can never be me. Or you start thinking about scripting videos or having to do it all and you just get overwhelmed. It's okay, you're not alone. And it doesn't have to be like this. I can only really talk about what I did and hopefully someone who's watching or listening right now, one thing resonates with them. It might not be the whole pizza, but maybe a little piece of the pizza that they resonate with. That's my guest this week, Jazz Takar. If you look him up online, you'll be amazed at how much content he puts out. And I bet someone told you, oh, it's easy. You just put up your phone and record yourself saying something for 30 seconds. But when you do that, your mind just goes blank and you stop yourself from doing anything. But in terms of your point, I completely implore people to start with long form content before short form. I don't really talk about it often. What happened as well is that as I did the lazy, to, to use your words, and I, and I totally agree, what started to happen is I started to build confidence. I was like, well, that 35 minutes and 40 minute conversation went, well, you know what? I'm going to do a video for 15 seconds. That contrarian approach is just part of our conversation. You're going to hear 25 minutes packed with tips, tricks, and strategies that will get you from paralysis to producing 23 pieces of content a week in less than three hours. All that after the break. Welcome to the Personally Brandtastic podcast, where we help you build your personal brand and business so that people can find you easily, want to work with you, and can't wait to refer you. If you're looking for the REI branded podcast, you are actually in the right place. We recently renamed it, but the content is the same, helping you to build your brand and business, reach more people and stand out from the competition. My name is Paul Kopkin and every day I work with real estate investors, professionals and business owners who want to stand out from the crowd and attract more of the right opportunities without feeling inauthentic or spending all day doing it. It's all about communicating how personally brandtastic you are because marketing is how to get their attention, but personal branding is why they choose to you. Welcome, Jazz. Thank you for joining us today and taking some time to talk about your brand and how you've built it. Did you consciously build a personal brand? Yeah, actually, in all honesty, this was something that I knew I had to do specifically four years ago when one of my business partners tragically passed away. And he was really the face of the company. He was the guy that was, at that time, we had a radio show. He would be on stage, very charismatic guy. And he passed away tragically. And I had to kind of sit back and, and think about how was I going to navigate this ship that we built at that time for about 13 years. And, and, and now I'm proud to say we're at the year 18, coming up to year 18. And I had to sit back and say, look, I got to do it my way because I'm not him. I, I tried to actually, believe it or not, the first time I went on stage, two weeks, maybe three weeks after his passing, we had something scheduled. The rest of the team looked at me and they're like, what the heck was that, Jazz? Like, where were you? Like, you got, you went missing. Like, you were kind of using similar jokes, the similar script, because I thought that's what was going to work. I right. then, as I mentioned, Paul sat back, luckily had a VP at that time, and still, she's still with me now. She had a background in marketing and branding. She kind of pulled on a course that she did. It was called Me Inc. And she started to kind of recite it to me. And I was like, that, that makes sense. Like, yeah, I build it. I build my personal brand at the highest level. 
and I'll hopefully attract the right people and repel the wrong ones. And, and now I'm on this content journey, this personal branding journey for the last four years. I'm having the most fun that I've ever had in my life, like no exaggeration. And now I get to see where I get to take this. I mean, that must have been a hell of a thing to go through to lose a business partner. How has that changed how you run and approach things? Because as you say, that was the face of the company. And all of a sudden, unfortunately, that face of the company had gone. You, does that make you hesitate putting your face on the company and, and presenting that again? Yeah, look, I mean, I think I've done it differently. I mean, I, I still have a current business partner in my real estate company. I also have a media company that helps real estate agents produce pre-recorded educational webinars for their clients. And I also have a business partner in that company. And not to say that I am the face of our, either one of the companies, but what I figured what I'm going to do is I'm going to make sure that I heavily focus a lot of my marketing efforts on me first, top of the funnel. And when people want to get to know more about buying, selling, and investing, they'll deal with my organization, which is REC Canada. There's 54 agents there. And then if, if there's real estate agents or mortgage brokers that want to learn a little bit more on how to actually produce content, they'll deal with my production team and editing team. And so what I have done differently to ask your question from when I, I had that third partner is I'm, I'm not the only person that is the talking head. I make sure that I bring my VP onto videos. My business partner is starting to do a lot more videos. I bring on my director of real estate concierge services. That's a division that he runs. I let the marketplace see a lot of our 54 agents as well. Knock on wood, when something does happen to me, the companies could hopefully run on their own. Now, with that said, I also don't think there's anything wrong with the amount of content that you'll see personally from me, because just like Coca-Cola, just like Starbucks, just like Nike, I mean, there's turnover in some of the CEOs and the CFOs, meaning that when they get kicked off the board or they retire, they figure it out. They figure it out. And so I always laugh with my team. Look, if and when something does happen to Jazzy or I just decide I don't want to do this anymore, you guys will figure it out. Because that's what I learned when my business partner passed away. Not only was he my business partner for 13 years, I mean, the guy was a mentor for me. He was an older brother. I learned a lot from him. And so when you can get past something like that, I think other than losing like a blood relative, by far, it was like the worst thing that could have happened. Looking back now, four years, it, it, it's made me the man that I am now. How has it changed you in terms of how you live your life? Look, I mean, I'm, I'm not to say that I do it every single moment that I'm having a conversation with somebody, but I definitely, I've always been someone that's grateful and practiced gratefulness every single morning, but now it's done with a little bit more oomph. Like now I, there's more feelings attached to it. It's not just the thoughts where I think before it was maybe 95% thoughts, 5% feelings, where now when I'm doing my, maybe not like an actual scheduled meditation by any means, but like when I'm actually in gratefulness every single morning, it's like 90% feelings because I'm making sure that I try to feel every single moment and I'm coming at things with more solution oriented mindset 
than actually worrying too much of the problems. Because look, at the end of the day, if you come in and I've gotten two phone calls in my life, one with my business partner and one with my best friend at the age of 17, that first thing in the morning, both happened to be on Saturday mornings. I got a phone call and it changed the course of my life, right? Like those phone calls were to, to notify me that they both passed away. When you don't get a phone call every single morning, it's a great day. That's a great way to look at it. What advice do you have for the people that are building a personal brand? And the danger is, not the danger, that's probably a, a strong word, but the risk is that with that personal brand, everybody always wants to work with that individual. And that sounds like you're managing to split and expose other members of your team, which is a smart. What about somebody that maybe doesn't have a team or a big enough team to do that? Well, look, I think if you're going to be the face of a brand, and you're the only one, then the people that come to you and come into your world and want to do business with you, you are going to be the only one that they're going to work with. I think my answer to your question, Paul, would be build a team. And I hear it a lot. I hear it a lot, specifically from real estate agents and mortgage brokers. But Jazz, when Yas, the buyer, comes in and wants to buy a home, he only wants to work with me. Yeah, that's because you never really explain to them how the process works. And you need patience. Like You need to let this play out. Like The first time that you do have a conversation with a prospect, it's not going to go the way that you want it to go. But if you sit down and actually explain to the prospect that Mr. and Mrs. Prospect, what's going to start to happen, here's, here's the process of how this is going to go. You're going to sit down with me with the initial consultation. I'm going to overwatch the whole process like a hawk. In fact, you won't actually be signing an agreement of purchase and sale until it comes to my desk. But everything in between in terms of finding the property, um, whatever service it is, your hand is going to be held by someone on my team member. I'm kind of like the doctor and the surgeon in the process. And then I have a team of nurses, a team of other doctors to help me. In fact, you actually don't want me to be the one who's organizing your paperwork because I suck at it. And I'm very upfront with people. And I usually get a laugh, just like you did. And I'm very transparent that I'm not the one that you actually even want to see properties with. Why? Because in today's market, and you're right down the street from me, Paul, but in today's market, if you don't see a home in like that day or the day after, there's a really good chance you're going to miss out and ever not only getting it, but you might not even be able to see it because it will probably be sold. And so to make sure, Mr. and Mrs. Prospect, that you actually see the property, I have a team of realtors. I have a team of buying agents, a team of showing agents that will make sure that you get to see the property. You're essentially, that agent's role is to open the door for you. You'll be able to answer any of the basic questions that you might have, whatever they don't have an answer to, they'll bring to my attention. But when it comes to the negotiations, you need a shark and I'm that shark. And I also have a leadership team in my organization that will also be able to help with the negotiations in case I'm in Havana like I was last weekend for those three, four days, five days. By the time I got back, you might actually be dealing with someone in my leadership organization, but you're in very capable hands. Exactly what I just said to you now, Paul, is what I've been saying for the last decade. I've been doing real estate for 17 to 18 years, but that exact script is what I've been saying for the last decade. And 99.9% .9 of the time, my clients are like, yeah, I get it, Jess. Just make sure that we get a good deal. And you mentioned content. So how do you go about planning your content? Because you're producing a lot of content. <laughs> 
and and most people would look at that and go, well, I haven't even got a chance of doing any of that. But I'm I'm guessing you have some systems and strategies in place that people could learn from. I can only really talk about what I did, and hopefully, someone who's watching or listening right now, one thing resonates with them. It might not be the whole pizza, but maybe a little piece of the pizza that they resonate with. So I still think till this day, four years later, it's the easiest way to get started is to actually do a podcast setting like you're doing. It's funny. I'm not even sure if everyone knows what a podcast is. Essentially, a podcast is just an online radio show. That's it. It's on demand. You can get access to it. It's the audio version of some type of show. So what I would advise and exactly what I did is that once a week, I recorded a conversation for 30 to 45 minutes. I scheduled that. I scheduled it just like any other appointment. Like if somebody needed to see a million dollar home and I had a podcast recording, I would tell that person that wants to see the home that you're going to see that with my team or you're going to have to wait for me to do the offer because it's scheduled. It was that important. And it's been like that for the last four years. I'm at 190 episodes or something like that for my podcast. And so that is how I got started to make sure that it was A, scheduled. B, once it was recorded, I put the full video on YouTube took out the audio file, put it out on the iTunes and the Spotify's of the world. And then I took little clips out of it. That's all. I just recorded once. And then I took little clips and then I started to get a little fancier. I took the audio and put that into a software that transcribed everything I said. That then became my blog on my website. I took little paragraphs and put those out on Facebook and LinkedIn. And then I would take 140 characters and put that out on Twitter. And then I would screenshot that tweet and put that back onto Instagram. So there's a little bit of work, but all in all, recording, setting up the person that I'm going to have the discussion with, editing, and all that kind of stuff was probably three hours, all of it. And I'll, like full transparency, I've never edited a video in my life. I don't even know how to do that. I just learned which software and programs that my editors use because I built out a media company for it. And the reason I say that to everybody, don't overthink it. Hire a 17-year-old kid that can do this and that they can do this in their sleep. And guess what? It's like $15, $18 an hour. Like you don't need to be paying people $4,000 a month right at the start and giving them a sat. Like all that stuff happens later. Before we run, we walk. Before we walk, we crawl. And so that's exactly the process that I did. I just hired actually interns to do the editing at the start because I didn't have the money for it. But I did have three hours. That is the most important, that, that I made sure that I took the three hours every single week. In fact, you can ask my team. It was as important as brushing my teeth twice a day. And you're doing what I say is being lazy for your brand. Because you're taking one piece of content and you're repurposing and repurposing and repurposing. Well, yes, 100%. And then you know what happened on top of that? And I don't really talk about it often. Are you a real estate investor or related business professional owner looking to build your personal brand and business and stand out from the crowd? The first step is to understand where you stand right now. You can do that with the Business Optimizer Assessment. It's something that we've created that's already helped real estate investors and other business owners to define and develop their personal brands and grow their revenues. Take the free assessment and complimentary report and follow-up strategy call by going to paulcopcut.com forward slash B-O-A. That's paulcopcut, C-O-P-C-U-T-T dot com 
forward slash VOA. What happened as well is that as I did the lazy, to, to use your words, and I, and I totally agree, what started to happen is I started to build confidence. I was like, well, that 35 minutes and 40 minute conversation went well. You know what? I'm going to do a video for 15 seconds. I'm going to grab my phone and I'm going to tell people, hey, guys, I just had a conversation with Paul. He's from Hamilton. You got to check out that conversation. Make sure you go over to YouTube and get the full episode. And so then I started with 15 seconds. I was like, well, you know what? I actually have something to say about what happened with the interest rates today. I can't talk about it in 15 seconds. I'm going to try to do it in a minute. And so then I would talk to, to the phone in a minute and put that up there. And then I started to get feedback from people. They're like, you kind of like your style. Like you're right. Like you're moving your hands a lot and you have this charisma. And then the feedback, it was a, it's a perfect, it's the loop that you want, but you have to get started to start that feedback loop. And I, as I started to, do more of the long form, 35, 45 minute conversations. I got more confident for the short videos, the one minute videos. Uh, but as I started to do one minute videos, I also got more confident for my 35, 45 minute conversations. And then I think the last in my content creation system that I learned, I would probably say I started this in May to June of 2020. So a couple of months after lockdown was to get on other people's podcasts. So for everybody who's watching or listening, think about who's kind of doing all the like majority of the talking. It's me as Paul's guest. Now, Paul's been very gracious and asking fantastic questions, did his homework. He kind of knows where he's taking this conversation. But if Paul is really nice to me and I'm good, he'll lend me the recording of this. And if he gives me the recording of this, I'm going to take on the lazy lazy system of chopping this conversation up into all those pieces. And so I think that third part of being featured on other people's podcasts, other people's webinars, other people's Instagram lives, whatever, wherever you can get on. Back in the days, it was like, can I get on your TV show? And can I get on your radio show? I just think more people's attention is on TikTok, YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. And so I'm trying to get on other people's shows. I kind of look like an expert. I don't know if I am. People who are watching or listening will make their own assumptions about me. Some will like me, some won't. But at least I get the content and then I can repurpose it. It's an interesting approach because I haven't heard that. You hear it from people the other way around is start with short content. But you're saying get the confidence by sitting down and having a conversation. Oh, which... It's a lot easier, right? So not like doing a featured on like this. Yeah, you got to kind of somewhat know what you're talking about. Otherwise, why would you want me to be on your podcast? But in terms of your point, I completely implore people to start with long form content before short form. And the reason is because when you're going longer form, and longer form doesn't mean three hours like Joe Rogan. It means like 25 minutes, 30 minutes, because then you can have a guest and it's an expert for whatever industry you're in because they'll do the heavy lifting. In fact, like again, taking this, like Paul's the one who's asking the questions, but the guest is the one who has to do kind of majority of the talking. As I'm speaking now, I have a feeling, Paul, because I'm a podcast host, you're kind of thinking about where am I going to take my next question? Does, am I going to pull it from what Jazz just said or am I going to pull it from the four or five that's always in my bank? For somebody who's going to get started in this, you can use that as a crutch. When you're going short form, just you one minute, 
there's no real crutches you can use. It's you and the camera get going. You have it's especially in today's platforms, specifically Instagram and TikTok. Everybody wants that one minute kind of hit, right? Now, not to say that they don't want to hear people and watch people for 25, 30 minutes, three hours in Joe Rogan's case. But if you're on those other platforms, it's quick. TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, it's really fast. Give it to me quick. Get to the point as fast as you possibly could. And what I do is I use those short form videos now as kind of an appetizer. Like right. it's, I don't like this guy. I'll never go listen to him. Wait, I, that, you're part of the people that I'm obviously repelling. And in marketing, in my opinion, you have two objectives. Bring in the right people, get rid of the wrong people. Meaning attract the right people into your world and repel the wrong ones. This way you're not wasting anyone's time and you're also not wasting your time. The short form videos do that for me already because the ones that do like it, they're like, okay, I need some more context. I want to learn more maybe about jazz and his organizations or maybe just about the topic. And so the short form lends people going to the long form content a lot better. And are you finding that short-term content's working well on TikTok? Oh, for me, TikTok's my favorite platform right now. It's the one that I'm trying to focus on the most. And the reason that is, is because people are quite ruthless on TikTok because you can be user 65, 45, underscore 39, and no one knows who you are. And so they leave you a bunch of comments, not like racist comments and like super negative comments, but they voice their opinions. Right. very opinionated. The reason for me I like that is because it feeds my next video. So somebody might say something and completely disagree with me, which is awesome. I love, like we can all agree to disagree, but again, it feeds my next video. Where in Instagram, I'm finding that my community is kind of in love, like they're, they love jazz and, and I'm so grateful for it, but I don't get more content out of it. Or I should say, I don't get as much content out of Instagram as I do TikTok. Also, hands down, TikTok, there's just more people on it on a daily basis now. And they still need more content creators. It seems like everyone's on TikTok or there's a bunch of people producing content on TikTok. Still, it's just still not happening. We still need more people producing content. Hence why you're getting a lot more views on TikTok than you would on Instagram. And the algorithms really quickly all work differently where on TikTok, you can get pushed into someone's feed because they're somewhat interested in what you might be talking about. We're on Instagram and they're making a switch, but it's been quite slow where on Instagram, you generally only see people that you follow. Do you have a favorite personal brand yourself? Um, yeah, I think his name is Jazz Tacker. I was expecting you to say that. I was expecting- yeah, yeah. You kind of gave me a layup there. Look, I think who's probably done it the best in the last half decade is probably Gary Vee. I think he's done um, an amazing job with his personal brand, especially where he's been able to take this community of his into the NFT space now. The conference that he's put on, I, I wasn't there, but I've heard amazing stories from some friends that did go. But to answer your question, I think it's my favorite, but I also think he's the best. You mentioned TikTok, but do you have a, a tool or resource that you're using at the moment that's you're kind of really enjoying using? Answersoccertees.com is a website. It's free. Answersoccertees.com. And if you put in, we're talking real estate, if you put in the word real estate or you put in the word home buying, you will get like 57,000 questions that have been asked on the internet about a specific topic. And I just take those topics and I answer them on video format. 
Brilliant. Some, yeah. So sometimes, <laughs> yeah. So sometimes, I mean, I'm full of content ideas. Like I can, I'm going to say in a week, like there's probably two days in a week where like, I don't need any website. I got all the content ideas I'm at because I spend 75% of my time producing content, right? So I'm always looking for it. My team meetings are all about that. But there's some days where I'm just like, I don't have it. I don't, I can't think of a topic. I still need to produce the content. I still need to do some videos. I need to come up with topics. And so I always rely on answer Socrates.com. They don't sponsor me. I don't think they sponsor you, but I'll still give them a shot. <laughs> okay. And do you have a favorite business book or podcast? I think, you know, right now, my favorite podcast, um, one in one A would be Joe Rogan's. Um, I've, I've, I've been a listener of his for, I don't know, five, six years. But I think one of the men, the biggest up-and-coming podcast right now is the Patrick Pat David podcast. In terms of books, I always reference the same book. It is my favorite book, which is Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by the late, great Dr. Stephen Covey. But I think there's a 1A in that sense as well, which is um, The Success Principles by Jack Canfield, who, who co-wrote uh, all the Chicken Soup for the Soul series. Question that leads me from Covey, what do you do every day to sharpen your soul? Look, I get 25, 35, 45 minutes of quiet time, generally speaking, with my two little boys, eight and six-year-olds, and they really don't care if my client didn't buy a house for me today. They really don't care if a podcast went bad. They really don't care if a team member is not sharp that day. They don't even give a crap what, what happened in my day. And so it's probably the quickest thing that gets me away from work. Right? Hum- it, just, it just humbles you as well, doesn't it? 100%. That would be definitely number one. I think number two would be like my drive-in. 95% of the time, I'm listening to an audiobook or a podcast. Probably sways more heavily on podcasts now. And so that always sharpens my saw. All like consuming as much information as I possibly can because I like to practice NET. No extra time is needed, right? Like somebody who's watching this right now is maybe on their treadmill or they're taking their dog for a walk. Or maybe they're actually like cooking and it's on YouTube, but they're just listening, right? So no extra time is needed. So I make sure that I drown out as much negativity that's obviously out there in the world with positive information. And do you have a favorite quote? I think my favorite quote would be one that I heard at the age of maybe 20. If you think you can, you're right. If you think you can't, you're right. It was by uh, uh, Henry Ford, and and I might have misquoted him. But if you think you can or if you think you can't, you're right. That's exactly what the quote is. And it's just so damn true. I've hit my head against the wall so many times in failures. And some of those failures would have been successes if I had the right mindset at that time. But it's just true. If you think you can, and if you think you can, you're right. Any final words of wisdom or suggestions for people? I have an acronym that I speak about a lot. It's WIP, W-I-P, which is a work in progress. And it's to remind myself, remind my team, my closest team members, that at the end of the day, we're just a work in progress and to enjoy the journey more than worrying about the destination. Love it. Jazz, thank you very much for your time today. You have 25 minutes of pure wisdom there, I think. So that's great. And uh, have yourself a brandtastic day. Paul, thank you so much. And I love how you use the brandtastic day. Thank you. All right. That's great. Oh, man, you're awesome. Thank you so much. You're an amazing host. You're great. Thank you so much.